This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to continue this morning with Secret Place uh, a Prayer. And we've been learning about prayer. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We're to be learning. You should be a, a student forever of the Word of God. We should be learning of him. And the disciples, one of them came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. And he started teaching them. And we've been learning how the new covenant versus the old covenant praying and what that looks like. And we are praying from a place that after the cross it has been accomplished. And just that little bit of uh, tweaking in the way that you pray uh, many of you have had answer prayer that you've been looking and, and waiting to hear for a long time, but just making some little changes because one way can be doubt. You're trying to get God to do something that he's already done. He's already provided for you. He's already promised you. And provision is, uh, is abundant, but we, we ask him to do things he's already done. So in getting that understanding, we can ask in faith, instead of really in doubt uh, of the cross and what God has already accomplished and done for us. We saw that last week that prayer is about relationship. That prayer is not just a, a legalistic thing. Uh, even though we're learning about prayer, it's not some set of rules. It's a relationship with God. And you're to talk with God all the time. But you are to have some times that you set aside. You can have more time with Him. But you're... Your car can be a great time, a, a prayer. Uh, whatever you're doing, you can take 10 minutes, 5 minutes and connect with God and, and, and talk with Him. And He will talk back. He will give you wisdom. Uh, many times we just need wisdom in what we're doing. We need to hear Him say, this is the strategy. This is the wisdom uh, for you. This is what you need to do. And we need to ask Him. You know, you don't upset Him by asking Him questions. So ask him, and, and he will answer, and he will lead people across your path. I, I love to see him in the small things, how I'll ask him something, and then everywhere I turn, I'll see that. <laughs> you know, it'd be like somebody walking up a billboard, here's the answer, Bob. <laughs> and you see me, these little things, and uh, I just, I love that, how he's able to do that. Uh, Lori Cole was sharing uh, last week that she had saw of uh, people going up to a vending machine, and uh, if it didn't come out in a timely manner, you know, they would kick the machine, and I've been guilty. Anybody in here been guilty of that? I have. I've pounded a few of them. And, <laughs> and you want that uh, candy or whatever it is to come out, and uh, what she saw, that's the way it kind of is with God. People don't want a relationship. They just want a vending machine, and you can't treat God like a vending machine. It's a relationship with him. And when that thing doesn't come out in, in the way that you want it or the time you want it, you still have a relationship and you trust God. And, you know, usually a vending machine is when you're in crisis too. I mean, that's not my choice. You know, Ellen comes up, let's go out to eat. Well, let's find the nearest vending machine. 
Usually a vending machine is when there's nothing else around and you're about to eat something that's not even food, you know. <laughs> and so there's a vending machine. Ugh. And some of it's stale, some of it, <laughs> but you eat it. But we're not to treat God like that. It's a relationship with Him. And I want to, uh, to mention at the end of the message last week, I'd, I'd given you in your notes, it said, if you do all the works of prayer and don't enjoy your relationship with Father, you missed your call to pray. I wanted to explain that for just a minute because works, according to the Bible, is when we're trying to earn our favor with Him. We're trying to earn our salvation. That's what the Bible when speaks of works. But there is work to every relationship. There's sacrifice, there's time, there's, um, there's communication. Uh, these things are, are done, it's, it's work. And we're called to good works, but see, we're not working trying to get God's favor. Because we have the favor of God. When you belong to the Lord, you already have His favor. you got the favor of God on your life. And you cannot do anything to earn it. You can't get more favor because Jesus went ahead and got all the favor. <laughs> he got it all for us. So, yes, all the promises are yes and amen in Christ because He got the favor. So I don't do things out of an obligation or I'm trying to get points with God or I'm trying to earn something with Him. Jesus has already earned all the points and done it all for me. So I just get in on the relationship and I do works because I want to be with him, the work of prayer, which is discipline. There is a discipline, a learning to it. And you want to be with him. You want to grow as a Christian. So that's the reason you do those things. You fast not because you want to earn something from God. You fast because you want to get the flesh under and be closer to him. So I just wanted to bring that out. In the Old Testament, man had laws to keep God's favor. You had to go through laws, but now we have a Savior. In the Old Covenant, God told them that we were supposed to do what they were supposed to do. In the New Covenant, God made us what we're supposed to be. And the Old Testament, or the Old Covenant, they were trying to do without being... In the new covenant, we're being, so we're doing. What? Well, we're being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have his nature. The Bible says all things have become new. All things are passed away in our spirit, so everything is new. He made us what they couldn't do in the old covenant we can do today because we have the grace and favor of God or his ability and his strength. His power working in us so we can fulfill the commandments of the new covenant, which is to walk in love. We can do it. And by the way, when you do that, it fulfills the old covenant law also. So we were raised up to be sons and daughters. He qualified us to commune with Father God. It's because of death, burial, and resurrection. So back into our the Lord's Prayer, we call it. And in Matthew 6, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's as far as we've gotten. In verse 12, we'll look at today. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I'll just finish the, the prayer here. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now here's the question, has God forgiven all your sins? Everybody say yes. He did at the cross. Sins are no longer imputed to us. He became the uh, uh, propitiation. He took the wrath of God. He took the punishment of God for our sins. So sin issues been dealt with through the cross. So it's really not an issue with God anymore. But it's definitely an issue with us. Amen? So we're, the prayer here says, forgive us our debts. If God has taken care of the sin problem, he's given provision, do we still need to ask forgiveness? Say, yes. We still need to ask forgiveness. And I'm going to look at that a, a little bit because we have uh, a lot of people saying you don't need to ask forgiveness because Jesus has forgiven uh, through the cross. All sins have been forgiven, and they have been. And I, I agree with that. But... Uh, I'm going to show you why we still need uh, forgiveness. And you see this in your notes. God has forgiven you, but it doesn't mean you're experiencing it. God's forgiven you, but it doesn't mean you're experiencing that. Until your soul agrees with God, peace is not released into your, your, your soul. Until you have... And your soul is your mind, will, emotions, where your personality comes from, your thoughts, your mind. Until you agree with God that peace is not released into your soul. And we need peace. And that's the reason we need to ask forgiveness because we're, we're emotional beings. Anybody in here emotional? Some of us are more emotional than others. But we're all emotional. Yes, you are, sir. You're emotional. I saw you at the ball game. Hey, you're emotional. No. <laughs> We're all emotional in some shape and in some form. And that's the way God has made us. And we, we have this place. We need peace in our emotions. And when you don't, it's hard to function. And through forgiveness, we're able to release that and have peace in our souls. Um, and I, I almost can't minister this without just telling a little bit personal experience when um, I forgave uh, my ex-wife going through a, a divorce and just a tough situation and, and, and loving the Lord. So, you know, I'm talking to God all the time and, and I had read a book by Corey Tim Moon called The Hiding Place and there was a sequel to it. And um, Betsy, uh, her, her sister was killed in a concentration camp. And she went to that concentration camp and she preached the gospel there. And the man who was responsible for bringing death to her sister came up to her and said, isn't it great that God forgives? 
Now, this was a, a tough one for Corey. She said, God, you've got to give me the love that you have for him. You've got to give it to me because I don't want to seem. <laughs> and he's stretching out his hand, and she said inside, she said that prayer, immediately the love of God flooded her for this man. And he reached out his hand. She went past his hand and hugged him and said, it is wonderful that God forgives. And when I did this, I, I said, Lord, I know what I have to do. And so I forgave. I said, Lord, I forgive. And that's when I heard God speak. And he said, hey, Bob. And it was an audible voice. I thought he walked into the room. I turned to look. And he had walked in the room. I just didn't see him. I just heard his voice. He said, hey, Bob. And him saying, hey, Bob, to me, I experienced more love than I've ever experienced on this earth. Not even close. I couldn't even, just him calling my name was enough to knock me out. It did for three days. I was just basking in what he said. And all he said was, hey, Bob. And electricity and love went through me. And that's when I went to work the next day. And I, I told my best friend what had happened and and he looked at me like I was a um, very strange alien from another planet. And, it, uh, and I'm going, God, I, I guess I shouldn't have. And I'm just telling people I'm just overflowing. And uh, that afternoon break when I went upstairs, break time, I, I noticed that every single person in the place pointing, looking <laughs> over my way. And I realized when you say something like that, it kind of gets around quickly. And anyway, that was, uh, that was on a, uh, a Friday that I came in back into work. I guess it was a Thursday it happened. And I came in Friday, said this. And that Monday I came in, and my friend was lit up the way I was Friday. And uh, he went to a Baptist church, and he told me that his... Uh, his pastor was doing a Sunday school class and they had a little time for questions and answers at the end of it and a lady asked uh, pastor have you ever heard God speak to you and he said yes I, I have so well what did he say he said hey Wilbur <laughs> and I thank God for his grace I had my best friend back you know, there's places that you need a best friend, and that was a place I needed my best friend. And uh, God was so gracious and, and so good. Now, the other side of that, it can mess you up in a little bit because I wanted him to just speak audibly to me from then on. And I would just be saying, Lord, I'm waiting till I hear you say. And, of course, now I know he wants us to walk by faith. And... And I'm waiting to, to hear, and I did hear his audible voice again, and he goes, oh, Robert. <laughs> and the, the high that was on before, when <laughs> I heard a Bob, I'm just going, the Lord forgive me. And the, the Holy Spirit re-ministered to me that I was trying to walk in something that was not faith. I had to have that to, to walk with him. And uh, 
he's, he's spoken a couple more times to me only, but it was nothing I was seeking or, or anything like that. But, but what I'm saying, we're to walk by faith. And these things are long spaces apart when something like that happens. But he may not. I don't have to have it because I know I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and I can follow after peace. And, and there is that still small voice. And there is the Word of God. There's dreams. There's so many ways that God will speak to us and, and get it to us. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So that, that spirit man was created in his righteousness and that kingdom that... Where's the kingdom? Inside of us, inside of your spirit. It's released through your uh, soul. It's released into your mind, into your intellect, your thinking, into your personality, into your emotions. It's released into that. That's the reason we say all things have passed away and all things have become new in your spirit, in your spirit being. We have to renew our mind to catch up with what God did in our, in our spirit. So you can experience depression, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness while you have the kingdom of God on the inside of you which is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Spirit. You can have those same things going on at the same time. It's because you have to release it out, renew your mind, and release it out of the inside. You work out your, your salvation. So that's the reason that we need forgiveness in our soul. It's because we can have godly sorrow and regret. And there should be some godly sorrow and regret when you blow it, when you miss it. I hope there is. <laughs> there should be. And, and God wants you to, to be that way. Why? For repentance. For change. And he wants us to repent, not because he's mad at us or scolding us, he wants us to turn from destruction. Because if you're going the way of sin, it's destructive. He doesn't want to see your life destroyed. He wants you blessed. He wants you to see healthy things and, and, and blessing in your life. So he wants us to ask forgiveness, to get those things off of us. So when I ask God to forgive me, it's not for salvation. And that's what these people are saying, saying, God's forgiven me of all my sins through Christ Jesus. The wrath of God, the, the punishment, the price was paid by Jesus. Yes, and you come to God and you accept Jesus as Lord. So I don't ask again for salvation, uh, to forgiveness for salvation, repent to be saved. It's not, that's not what this is about. This is about cleansing where unrighteousness is taking up residence in your soul. And to get that unrighteous stuff out, that yuck out. And we have to forgive. We have to release it. Now, if you're saying that unrighteousness comes in your spirit, it says Jesus will not be crucified again. He's not going again to the cross. So if you get unrighteous in your righteous spirit, where the righteousness of God is, there is no more salvation for you. So the unrighteousness that we're talking about is in our soul, in our thinking, in our emotions. Now, I'll get to more of that and explain it in a minute. 
So we want to put on the life of God. We want to put on that, the, the word and the truth and walk in what he's called us to walk in. The Christian life is not about trying to get God to do something for us. It's really about renewing our minds to release the provisions of the kingdom that have already been given to us. And this is in your notes. Forgiveness closes the door to the enemy. When you're in sin, you're opening the door to the enemy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to take you out. And sin still has wages. There's still a payday, and it's called death. So we want to not be in sin. We want to live a pure and holy life before the Lord. Now, it's whatever he puts the spotlight on. That's what you need to make sure that you follow through because the truth is we all have sin in our life. <gasps> not you, Pastor. Yes. There's sins of omission, commission, that... There's people you show witness to, you missed it, little things. Or maybe you didn't walk in love all the time towards your dog. Maybe you didn't walk in love all the time towards yourself. And see, I would pick off these things and walk with the Lord. I'd get in prayer and setting my life in order. Lord, I worship you. You're my God. You're my king. Your rule, your reign in my life. And he put the spotlight on something, and I would deal with that. Now, after I did a couple times, I thought, I've arrived. Hallelujah. This is great. And then I found out he was just giving me a rest. He put the spotlight again. Then he put the spotlight again. I finally figured out, this thing's not going to end, is it, Lord? He said, not until you see me face to face. <laughs> Because he's always refining, he's always uh, restoring, he's always building us and making us stronger and stronger for his glory and his honor. And people are looking at you. You represent the Father in the earth. You represent the kingdom in the earth. And sometimes we're not bringing the kingdom. We're bringing fear. We're not bringing peace. Sometimes we're not bringing joy. Sometimes we're not bringing the things of the kingdom. we got to renew our mind, and there's places that you need to, God, forgive me. I want your grace in this life, in this area, wherever it is. And God will work, and he works on our lives, and we can flow with him. Unforgiveness or sin opens the door to the enemy, and I don't want the enemy in my house. <laughs> Amen? And we got to we got to get him out. And the way you do that is through forgiveness. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's the will of God, what we just read. Do not quench the Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit. If you're not rejoicing, you have a life of rejoicing and, and praying. If you're not pursuing good things, giving thanks, you're quenching the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. 
Abstain from every form of evil. Abstain. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has called you, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So all these, these areas, he wants to bring you to a place of completion in your soul and ultimately in your body. He's going to give you a new body. And this body is going to be exactly what you always dreamed about and more. And it can eat and not gain an ounce. Oh, it puts a smile on my face. The banana pudding in heaven is out of this world. I think it's pretty good in the earth. But I tell you, out there, whoo. So forgiveness allows the kingdom that's inside of me to be released into my soul, my mind, my emotions. That's the reason you feel much better when you ask forgiveness. Or maybe you had to go to a person. You need to go to that person and ask forgiveness. You feel better because you have release in your, in your soul. We receive from God through our heart. Our heart is a combination of spirit and soul. Verse 14 that same chapter, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, God's already forgiven you. Let me ask you this. Do you think anyone that will go to heaven that left this earth and they were in sin? Everyone raise your hand. Absolutely. Well, did God not... Forgive them because they didn't ask. We're talking about the, the Spirit. What's he, what's he talking about here? How do we put this in New Covenant terms? Let me tell you what debts is that we read back in verse 12. Debts means that which is old and that which is legally due. Trans, uh, transpasses, trespasses means a deviation from truth unintentionally or willfully. willfully. So something done to you in the natural, you know, in the natural you feel like you have a legal right to get back at them or hold a grudge or, or slander or whatever. But we're of a different kingdom and we're not to be offended. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in peace. So we cannot uh, go in the way of the world. Now it's easier being the bad guy, really. The the bad guy does all this stuff. We all know when we're bad. <laughs> you do all the bad stuff and you go and you ask forgiveness. It's harder for the person that you're uh, asking them to forgive you. It's harder for them because you know you're the one that disappointed them or hurt them or whatever and they gotta deal with that and you just came up and said, Oh forgive me. But the truth is there's grace to forgive. And God will give us the strength to do that. But it's really a choice that we make. In Matthew 18, verse 21, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That doesn't mean that you're counting up to 490. 70 times seven. You're not counting 
He's just saying it's unlimited. It's an unlimited number. They said to blow Peter away. But forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. It doesn't mean you approve of what the person did if you forgive them. Jesus, uh, God forgives us, and he doesn't approve of our sin, but he forgives. So it's a choice that we make. We choose to forgive no matter how ugly they were or whatever, we forgive. Why? Because we've been forgiven. Verse 23, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. It's a lot. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all they had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now, I want to, uh, I've talked this many, many times and, and stuff, and I came up with a figure if this was gold and silver, but this time I went about a, a little bit differently and just wanted to see what one talent would equal. And you see this in your notes. One talent equals 60 minus. One mina equals three months wage. One talent equals 60 times the three months wage equals 180 months wage. So one talent is 180 months salary. And then you divide that by 12 months in a year. And you come up, one talent equals 15 years of wages. You see, we're talking about a lot of money here. But then, it's not one talent, it's 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents would be 150,000 years of wages. Now that puts it in a little bit different ballpark, doesn't it? it 150,000 years of work to pay off the debt that we're talking about here that this, this master forgave this one of. So let's look at verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, not the blessing, but took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me. And I will pay you all. And he would not, but went out, uh, went and threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. Now, one denarii here equals one day's wage. It was a hundred denarii, which would be a hundred days' pay or wage, which you divide it out. It's eight, um, that's not eight and a half months. That's not right. Oh, I divide by 12. And not 30, excuse me. So, was that, three months? A little over three months. So we're talking about a little over three months pay is what this man, a man just got forget, forgiven a debt of 150,000 years wage. And he goes and he finds a friend that owes him a little over three months wage. 
and lays hands on him and takes him by the throat. The guy offers the same plea, please, I, I, I will pay you, I will pay you. He said, no, you're going to jail, you're going to prison. So you're getting, you get the picture here. So verse 31, was fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. Came and told their master all that had been done. This master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Then verse 35, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So we don't have a right. You will not have peace. You will not have a release of the kingdom into your, your soul until you forgive. Now God's not going to keep you in prison, this captivity. He's not going to allow you to be there until it's all paid. All you got to do is ask forgiveness. And then you're released and the kingdom's released in your soul and your life and your emotions and your thinking and your mind and every part of you and, and peace comes. But see, we think that we have a right to hold a grudge. We have a, a right to hold unforgiveness, to, to be prideful. We think we have that right, but we don't because this is a picture of what we've been forgiven. We've been forgiven 150,000 <laughs> Years of wages. And anything that anyone can do to you is just a little over three months' wages. There's nothing that anyone can do to me or my family, my kids, whatever, that I can keep. I have to forgive. I have to release it. You let it go. That doesn't mean that you hang out with these people. If they keep hurting you or are they doing crazy things, you don't have to hang out with them. But forgive them. Let it go. You've got to let it go. But they're wrong. You go to them. You take the step. You do what the Scriptures say because you can't afford it. You can't have this in your life. We attack others. We say you need to pay. <laughs> I heard you say that, ask forgiveness, but you're going to pay, buster. See it in marriages all the time. Yeah, I've forgiven them, but he's going to pay. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the same, same picture here. You see it in churches. I've seen it with pastors. You're going to pay. No, you've got to release it. You've got you to gotta let it go. In the new covenant, we don't have that right. So you got to get to the point. It doesn't matter what someone's done to you. You don't have the right to exempt yourself from the principles of the love of God that have been shown to you. God's forgiving you what he has the legal right. And this goes back in the debts and, and trespasses. Jesus took the curse. He took that for you. And what he has a legal right to condemn you over and send you to hell, he chose to pay your debt for you where you could be free. And because he chose to do that, who are we not to forgive others? Who are we to hold on to offense 
Who are we to hold on to unforgiveness? And the truth is, the more that you serve God, uh, the, the more that you lead, the more influence you have, there's more opportunities to be offended. There's more opportunities to walk in unforgiveness. There's more junk and silliness that comes your way. Some of it's just silly. Because the enemy has no power, but what he does try and do is get us to separate and have this unity and not go for forgiveness. But Jesus has paid our debt. See, I go to him. I don't go to him as a worm, uh, not, not as a, a slave, a beggar, when I'm going for forgiveness. I go to him. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. And I'm coming to you asking you to forgive me. I did this and I was wrong. But you said to come to the throne room of grace in your time of need and get mercy. There's times I need mercy. I need some good old-fashioned, good old God mercy. Don't tell me you don't. <laughs> we all do. At the same time, though, I'm coming to him based on my relationship, based on me being the son of God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it's good because I like to run to him when I mess up. Used to be slow. That well, he's gonna get on to us. Now I just run to him because that's the best thing for me. I've learned and realized I want that mercy. So I remind myself of how good and merciful he is. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. God always treats us better than we deserve. <laughs> If you don't forgive, captivity is coming. You're forsaking your grace. You're forsaking uh, the blood and the price that was paid that purchased your salvation. We're saying like the blood's not enough, but there is sowing and reaping. And you walk in unforgiveness, you will not have the unrighteousness released from your soul until you forgive. Until you step out and you start walking in love. 1 John 1, 9, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now the, the people would say we don't need to forgive anymore. They say that this scripture here is actually speaking to unbelievers. But I, I disagree. And the reason I disagree, these are letters and none of the letters were written to unbelievers. In fact, they were all written to believers and they were told to warnings not to take on the characteristics of other unbelievers. And to minister to them. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The unrighteousness in your soul. He will cleanse you from it. When you got born again or accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, you didn't confess your, all your sins, did you? You confess his lordship. You confess him as savior. But there is a confession of sins where he cleanses you. From that unrighteousness. And we need, we need that. A confession. Acknowledging the wrong. Coming in agreement with him. Your word says this. I did wrong. I acknowledge that. And the next part of that is repentance. Turning away to do the right thing. Changing my mind. Changing my course. A confession and repentance go together. You find in the book of Revelation, the letter to the seven churches. This is 60 years, by the way, after the cross. 
Five out of the seven churches were told to repent. Now, why would Jesus tell them to repent if we're not supposed to repent anymore? God wants us to repent, not because he's angry, it's because he loves us. He doesn't want us to be in destructive course. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Remember, we know chasten's like a training a child. Therefore, be zealous and repent. We need that. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together the grace of life that your prayers be, may not be hindered. See, if there's something between you and your spouse, you're hindering your prayers. There needs to be agreement according to the grace of life. There needs to be uh, forgiveness. There needs to be peace or you're hindering your prayers. Why? There's unrighteousness in your soul. And God is speaking to you. He's saying, forgive your spouse. Forgive and walk in agreement where you can get some prayers answered. Because I want to answer your prayers, but I can't because you're walking in unforgiveness. You've got to take that step. Then Matthew, Mark 11, says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Why? Because your soul is part of your heart. Your heart is your soul and your spirit put together, and we release faith through our heart. Through our heart. So you renew your mind, getting your mind in agreement with your spirit where you can receive from God. And when you're, you've got this unforgiveness in you, your prayers are being hindered because God is waiting to hear, forgive me and repentance, that you can turn from that and give your whole heart again. And I've seen more people healed through just forgiving, letting go of something than probably any other thing. People set free through forgiving, just letting it go. Letting it go. Mark eleven twenty five from the Amplified. Whatever, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Let them drop. Are you ready to let it drop? In Romans chapter 13, verse 8, it says, to owe no man nothing but the loving. We, the kingdom law is the royal law of love. Love God with all your heart, soul, spirit, body, everything. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Just walk in love. That's what we're called to do. And that's what you can do. Because of the grace of God that's been given to each of us, His favor. We can forgive, and we can walk in peace, and we can walk in strength, and God will hear our prayers, and there will be peace on the inside. Let's bow our heads. If right now you know there's some unforgiveness in you towards someone, no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. Yes, yes, I see those hands. You can put them down. Anyone else, you know there's unforgiveness in you. This is going to be a marked day, yes, a marked day for you because things will change from this moment on. You've been praying, you've been looking for God, but God's been looking for you to release it. He's been looking for you to let go.
And your life's going to change right now. Anyone else, quickly, say, this is for me today. Okay. All those that lifted their hands, I want you on the inside. You don't have to say it. Got to hear. Say, I forgive and I release this person. I let it go. I leave it. I drop it. I forgive myself. I forgive my spouse. I forgive my boss. I forgive my co-worker. I, I forgive my brother, my sister. I forgive my family. I let it go. I drop it. It's gone. I don't want it in my life. I realize, Father, the mercy and the grace that you bestowed upon me. And she loves me so much that you forgave me of a debt I could never, ever pay throughout all eternity. Eternity's not long enough for me to pay the debt that you forgave me of because you love me. And I release love and I release forgiveness to all of those around me. And God, I thank you for hearing my prayers. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for liberty and peace. I thank you for the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy being released to my soul, into my emotions, into my mind. And what happens when you do this? God goes to work on that person you've been praying for. God goes to them, and he gets after them because you're releasing the kingdom to them. And God will get them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We worship you. We choose to walk in forgiveness. We don't want our prayers hindered. So we forgive each and every one. Lord, help us to see through your eyes. Help us to see through your eyes their life. And God, give us wisdom. Some of them were not to even be around. Some of them are in, in a place that would just hurt you over and over just let it go some of them betrayed you just let it go don't hang around them but your heart's released and peace comes Father I thank you for each of these that made this decision today now I release healing into them I release healing into their hearts healing into their minds their emotions healing into their memories I speak healing into their bodies. I command all pain and discomfort to leave their bodies. I command the stress to go, the pressure to go. I command the assault of the enemy to cease. And the love of the God, the love of Father, to saturate your being. If there's anyone here that's never called upon Jesus as Lord and Savior, just lift your hand. He's here. He, he welcomes you into the family that you come. Come to Him. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.